This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday, the 26th of August. In your Squiz today, the evacuation countdown in Afghanistan, COVID passports, Perth on footy finals standby, and a singing scandal. This is your Squiz today. With the August 31 deadline for US troops to be out of Afghanistan looming, the situation there is said to be deteriorating by the hour, Claire. US troops currently control Kabul airport and are evacuating incredible amounts of people, but thousands more are still trying to leave, and that includes Australians. So far, 2,650 Australians and Australian visa holders have been evacuated. It hasn't been easy, and there's more to go. There's a lot more to go. As far as Australians are concerned, our military is there evacuating people, but we've also had assistance from the US and the UK. 22 flights, though, from the Royal Australian Air Force have gone from Kabul Airport taking those people. Uh, At the start of last week, reports said that there were 130 Australians in Kabul and, of course, many other locally engaged staff, people who had helped our troops and helped our representatives in Kabul and in Afghanistan who needed to be airlifted to safety. Uh, those are coming, but it's believed this morning that there are about a thousand more people who have visas to come to Australia who have been unable to get to the airport. And of course, with that 31 August deadline, uh, that's just Tuesday next mm. week. There is a lot to do between now and then. Six days max and the Americans will be out. And once they are, the situation gets even more dangerous. So it's likely all foreign troops will leave as well. It raises the question, Claire, of where refugees will go once this evacuation window closes. And that is the big question. Of course, this is one of the biggest airlifts in history, but there are plenty of other Afghans trying to get across borders to flee Afghanistan. There are reports that thousands of people have fled to neighbouring countries. Their options are pretty limited there. And for those unable to leave, there's still a big issue in Afghanistan with food and medicine running out. Uh, There's an estimated 3.5 million Afghans who were already already displaced as that fighting uh, between national forces and the Taliban escalated in recent months. So it's a pretty grim situation there. It really is, and one that is likely to continue for some time. Still overseas, and the president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, has announced that he will run for vice president in next year's elections. Seems a little odd, Claire, but there's a reason behind his dibs on second in command. Yeah, there is. In the Philippines, you only get one term as president, uh, and then you have to just quietly go off. And that's not what Rodrigo Duterte is looking to do. (laughs) He has said that he will be running for the vice presidency in next year's elections. One of his aides and a senator from his political party is likely to be the presidential candidate. And there's lots of speculation Mm. uh, that Christopher Goh, his name is, will win that presidency and then resign so Duterte as vice president could step up. Lots of speculation, but of course, lots of suspicion around Duterte because he's been quite an unusual president. The machinations of politics, hey, we will just have to wait and see. 
Back home, Claire, and the idea of a vaccine passport has been floating around for a while, and now Prime Minister Scott Morrison has backed the idea, calling it sensible. Essentially, you would have a QR code that verifies your vaccine status with your immunisation records. The second part of that, of course, is that businesses could then use that to decide whether to serve you or not. Yeah, and also there's coming down the line the possibility of more freedoms for people who are fully vaccinated, that they could go to restaurants, they could travel, they could go to big events, those sorts of things. So if that's going to happen, then those officials need a way of proving that you've been vaccinated, that you're fully vaccinated and able to access those kind of special conditions that might come with full vaccination. Uh, Gladys Berejiklian is one who has been talking quite a bit about giving people who are fully vaccinated uh, more things, and some of those things are expected to be announced today. There is some resistance from some MPs and citizens' rights groups around the idea of a COVID passport. As you say, New South Wales stand by to see if there are some freedoms in store for those who are double-vaxxed, and reportedly National Cabinet, which meets on Friday, is also set to consider whether vaccinated Aussies could be exempt from things like restrictions at cafes and restaurants, etc. On to sport now, and the AFL are making COVID contingency plans for the grand final. It's one of the biggest sporting events of the year. It could be heading west to Perth's Optus Stadium. It could be. That's what AFL boss Gil McLaughlin said yesterday. It's still not sure whether Melbourne will be available to host the grand final. Mm. What McLaughlin said yesterday is that they'll wait a little longer to hear what COVID restrictions might be in place. Also, they're talking, of course, to the Victorian government about what what it wants to do with the grand final. Melbourne didn't host the grand final last year. That was the first time in the game's history that it hadn't been in the Victorian capital. For it to happen two times in a row is particularly devastating for Melbournians. Yeah, well, it would be great for Perth. That would just be so tough for Melbourne to miss out on having it for the second year in a row. Perth edged out over South Australia for the likely second venue because it's a 60,000-person venue and it's likely to be at 100% capacity for that grand final. Day two of the Paralympics, Claire, each day will be featuring an athlete or an event to keep an eye on. And today it's former wheelchair tennis number one, Danny DeToro, but she's actually not competing in wheelchair tennis. No, she's in the table tennis. Love she's it. 47 years old. She won 10 Australian Open titles in wheelchair tennis. And just a few years ago, she decided that as she was getting into her 40s, table tennis was going to be more her thing. It really is a very challenging sport though mm. watching some table tennis yesterday it's extremely impressive to see the way these athletes hit a ball and actually win those sorts of games uh de toro is a paraplegic she was 13 years old when a wall collapsed on her at a school swimming carnival but she was inspired to continue with her sport and she certainly has done that she's the paralympics team co-captain and the flag bearer for australia i'll pop links into your episode notes if you want to read more about danny she's got her second match today at 2.40pm. As of day one, we're on top of the medal tally with six gold, one silver and three bronze. 
The Wiggles announced this week, Claire, that they'd be expanding to eight total members to ensure a more diverse and gender-balanced group. But the real bombshell came from Blue Wiggle Anthony Field yesterday in a radio interview, Claire. He said he can't sing. Oh, he's a scandal. <laughs> he's been miming for years, he says. <laughs> and here we are thinking that these guys are complete musical geniuses. And I know. Anthony, of course, has other attributes with the group, <laughs> but singing is not one of them. Yes, he plays guitar, the blue wiggle. Look, the kids don't seem to mind. Hasn't hindered their success in any way. So Indeed, it has not. Carry on. Before we go, this week's Squiz Shortcut is one that has been requested a couple of times. You and Kate tackle COVID vaccines here in Australia, Claire. What we have, how we got them, how they work. Yeah, there's so much about COVID and vaccines yeah. and there's been so many moving pieces. So of the four vaccines that Australia has contracts for, we've just gone through each and where each is up to and how it's tracking. So it was a good exercise for us and hopefully people find it helpful too to just get a read call on what's happening. Totally. It's a concise wrap-up, cuts through a lot of the clutter around vaccines. As always, I'll put a link in your episode notes or search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. Squiz the day, Claire. What's on your radar? It's the anniversary of the release of the Beatles' Hey Jude. That was in 1968. Probably my more preferred version is Cookie Monster's Hey Food. <laughs> of, all the, of all the Beatles hot takes, that's your preferred one? love hay food. It's a great, great version. I better put a link to that one in your episode notes as well. That's all from us. Have a good Thursday. We'll be back with you tomorrow.